Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Isn't that a good video? I don't know if a few of you might remember that I showed that a little bit earlier or later last year. Still getting used to the fact that it is a new year. But it was produced by the Vineyard Resources Group. And it was shown at the National Conference last July. It's the theme for the conference and it carried over into our Advent season. And so we were talking about saying yes throughout Advent this, this past Christmas and if you know, and if you've been around here for the last couple of months, that's kind of been our, our theme, I guess, for the, for the past couple of months, just saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And then in November of last year, we had Mark and Shelley Cowpersmith here, and they were also encouraging us to say yes to the Holy Spirit. And they also encouraged us to take risks and one of the things we've been doing since they left is that we've been hearing testimonies of how God has, has used us whenever we've taken risks. And so I wonder if anybody, if you have a testimony of something that, that took place whenever you took a risk, maybe in the last week or so. Anybody have anything you'd like to share? Well, since nobody else wants to be first, last Sunday, and sometimes, and sometimes it's a risk and sometimes it's just a willingness just to, just to say yes. It was Sunday afternoon. I'd just gotten home from the church. And I noticed, well, actually I passed, turning into, into to my, to my, to, to my house, there was a guy that I hadn't seen in a while, and he was, he was walking across the street, and I saw him, and his car was parked down the road. And uh, so I waved at him. He waved back. I went on in the house. I was taking Mom her lunch. And so I went in, and, and I, I saw him. He, was, he had the, the, the hood up on his truck, you know, and so I was like, well, maybe he needs some help. Well, I just went on in the house, and I was thinking, well, maybe... He'll be done by the time I hand mom her lunch, and then I can just go on upstairs and take a nap. You ever done that? Well, I walked back out to the door and looked out, and sure enough, he's still out there. He's still got the hood up. He's got, he's got a pump on, on the rear tire. and so, so I walked down the street, said hi 
just asked him how things were going. And, and, uh, and, and, and I, if, I, if I told you the guy's name, I, I'm sure y'all, y'all would know him from around town. But I, I hadn't seen him in a while, and I was just asking, how are things going? What, what's been going on with you? And he was telling me, you know, he'd gotten a new job, and, and he's, he's been having some issues with his, with his wife. And, and, uh, they, and it, it's, it's beyond the, the normal, ordinary stuff, and it's been a struggle for him. And so he was telling me that he was hoping to go to church last Sunday, and he ended up having to work. You know, and then he's, he's leaving work and, you know, found out his tire's flat and his car's not running right. I mean, all this kind of stuff. And so I'm just talking to him and the, 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 the pump did what it was supposed to and the tire was full and everything. And so I'm just listening to him. And then I, I, I felt like the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder and said, ask him if you can pray for him. And it, I mean... I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be willing to pray for people, right? Well, I'm thinking, he doesn't want me to pray for him. I mean, we're, we're just talking. And then I felt it again. It was kind of like a, you know, we're getting a push from behind, right? And so I just asked him, could I pray for you? And I, I didn't really even know what I was going to pray. And so I just started praying and I asked the Lord to 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 come and, and to give him wisdom about what to do with his wife. And I mean, it just started flowing, you know, and I, and I, I'm, I'm kind of caught up in praying and I had my eyes open and I wasn't really paying attention. I was just kind of looking down at the, at the ground. Well, I, I finished up and said, amen. And I looked and he's just sobbing and he was like, man, I, I, I was hoping to go to church today and I didn't get to, and now I got what I, what I needed. And I was like, oh, Lord, I could have missed out on that. I could have, it, he could have missed out because I wanted to, to have my nap. And, you know, then we, we said our goodbye and, and I went back in the house and I took my nap and, and everything was fine. But I want, I, I hope that when we share these, these times that we take a risk, it's it, sometimes it's, it's not a big thing, you know, just Waiting five minutes to, to, to take a nap. I, I mean, we could see God show up in, in just little things. So anybody else you would like to share? Beth, where's the, where's the mic? Thank you, Brian. I didn't think about that until after... Well, I wasn't going to get up, but Joel guilted me into it. Uh, I didn't think about it at the time that it happened, but I think it was a risk on my part. We have a grandson that graduated from rehab on Saturday. Well, Christmas Day, the family was gathered, and he got out on a pass and was with us. And Jackson has been struggling with drug addiction for about four years now. And I haven't really opened up to him because I really didn't know what to say to him. But my daughter has been keeping me informed of the, the progress that he's making. 
And Lee, I want you to know what I told him. All of a sudden, God told me he needs to know about Lee. Lee has been praying for Jackson for a long time. And I said, you know what, Jackson, there's a guy at our church that has really had you on his heart, Abby. His name is Lee, and he had some struggles in his past, and he just has a heart for you. And I said, I want you to come to Brenham sometime, and I want to put you with Lee and let you meet him. Because I said, there's a lot of people that really care about you, that you have no idea, but that God is the one that is there for you. And his mom told me that he has been questioning his faith. And he sort of, he admitted to her that he was railroaded into being baptized by his biological father. And the father wanted to, I'm, I'm going to be careful how I say this, but he wanted to show off that he could baptize his son. And he talked his son into doing that when he was nine. But Jackson didn't really feel it. So now Jackson is feeling it more. And I want you all to please be praying for Jackson that he will continue on this path. He's out now. He's got to get his life back together again, totally. He has no money. He has no car. He lost everything. So what we're doing now is we're just praying that God will continue to work in this young man's life. Because we feel like in the future, he's going to be another Lee that has a heart for these young men and these young women that are struggling with drug addiction. It's in every family. And I just wanted you all to know that I took the risk of even mentioning to him that God is in his life. And um, I'm glad I did. Yeah. So hopefully one of these days Jackson will be with us and you'll get to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, give, give Beth a hand. Anyone else going once, twice? Well, I'm, I want to continue making time to do that. And I, I realize it takes time away and, and stuff, but, but it, it's so encouraging because even the least little things, you know, when we just look for those opportunities, if we just have a little bit of encouragement that we could step out and we can see God show up. John Wimber was the one who coined the phrase, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, right? When we take those kingdom risks, that's when God shows up. Well, I'm sure you've all by now seen all the, the, the memes that have been out on the internet, that have been out on, on social media. Maybe you saw this one, brace yourselves, the 2020 vision memes are coming. How many times have you seen this week, 
2020 vision for 2020. Or maybe you saw this one. This is kind of for you older ones. Maybe Barbara Walters will come back and, and tell us it's 2020. You know, the, the younger guys, you probably won't get that one. Or there's also this one. The new year, new me memes, you know. It's a new year and it's new me. Well, 2019 was, was a pretty difficult year for, for our church body. It was a, a difficult year for many of us individually, too. And I talked a little bit about that last week. I felt like 2019 was going to be a year of growth. If you were here last year, we got an invitation to go to this church growth conference in Phoenix. We got invited, and it was, it was a, a free conference. We just had to pay for the material that, that went along with it. And it was, we got a, it, it was at a, a really reduced rate. So the marshals and, and Danelle and I, we went out and got all excited, you know, heard all the stuff that they were telling us, you know, about, about growing our church. Well, it turned out that 2019 was more of a pruning year than a growing year, if that makes any sense. Now, I just want you to imagine for a second, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not off my nut, so, but... Um, can you imagine what it's like to be a crepe myrtle or a rose bush? Can you imagine what that might be like? You know, the, every year there's what they call the, the great crepe myrtle massacre. That's when everybody cuts them way, way back. Yeah, crepe murder. Thank you. Or like for the rose bushes. Just before Thanksgiving, Scott came by and cut back these rose bushes. They were actually looking really nice. They'd gotten to be kind of big, and they were, they were blooming whenever the, the weather changed. I mean, it was just awesome. And then Scott shows up and cuts them down to like this. What's going on? Well, the reason why things are cut back is so that they'll grow back better. And stronger and even more beautiful than before. Well, in the Gospel of John, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he told them, I'm the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Can I just say that pruning hurts? I'm not being sensitive with the, the bushes or anything, but it, but it hurts. It hurts whenever we're, we're pruned. And for me, 2019 was kind of like a buzzsaw or maybe like being thrown into the wood chipper. Leaders stepped down. People left the church. Not because they were mad, but, you know, they were going elsewhere. Felt like God was leading them someplace else. Visitors came, but they didn't stay. And it seemed like we were sending people off every other week. And nobody was coming back. Well, I started asking myself, well, why is this happening, God? Why, why is this happening to us? Was it my fault? 
what are we doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I read every church growth book. I read every kind of church leadership book that I could find. And ultimately, thank the Lord, the things that happened in 2019 drove me to really seek Him and, and, and press into Him more than anything else. And over the year, I got to listen to various founders, the old timers of the Vineyard Movement, if you will. Carol Wimber Wong, who is John Wimber's widow. And then her sister-in-law, Penny, and her husband, Bob Fulton. And then Steve Nicholson, who's the pastor of the Evanston Vineyard in, in Illinois. And these guys were talking about what it was like back in the old days, whenever the vineyard was getting started. And, and the things that, that they had to do to, to grow their churches. So I heard them talk a lot about John Wimber, and so I was like, okay, I'm, I want to read everything that I can get my hands on about John Wimber. I mean, John Wimber is the John Wesley of the, of, of the, the Methodist movement, you know, he, to, to the vineyard. And so I wanted to see what, what did John have to say? What did John do whenever he was getting started? Because he, he actually never really set out to, to start anything called the vineyard. He was just trying to be faithful to the Lord, and, and then the vineyard came about as a result of that. And then I, I was going through the resources that we had at the church, church growth conference, and they said we needed to clarify our vision, and that we needed to clarify our mission, and we needed to, needed to focus our purpose before we could grow. So our leadership team got together, and we, we recast our vision and mission for the church, and we presented it to the church in August. We called it Connection. And in case you haven't seen it, our vision has changed. It's now loving God, loving people, changing the world. It sounds pretty good. It has a nice ring to it. And then our mission, to know God and His love for us and to show His love by loving each other and to share His love with the world. The church growth folks said well, we needed to evaluate our ministries and see how they align with our vision. So that's what we started doing. And we started looking at our children's ministry. Because way back when we got here, we felt like that the Lord was going to grow the church through our children's ministry and through our youth ministry. And right now, we, we have very few youth to speak of, but we're still wanting to reach out to the youth. And we want our children's ministry to grow so that we can minister to families. And so we decided to put our money where our mouth was. We, we didn't have any money in our budget. I mean, people were leaving, so, so you can imagine what was happening to our budget. Things were just kind of almost in a free fall. Not, now, let me say this. We're, we're, we're not broke. <laughs> we're not in debt. We're actually in a, in a really good place. But in terms of, you know, a, a growing church versus one that's shrinking, it, it, it's always nice to be growing. So... But we decided that we were going to put our money where our mouth was. And so we, we asked people to donate towards a, a really a building program for our, our children's ministry. And if you haven't been in the back area back here, you, you, then you haven't seen what's taking place. We turned this, this open room into a couple of classrooms. We moved our, our children from the front door to the back so that we can have everyone back in this area, a, a safer spot in the church. 
And so, I mean, we had people involved. This was, I mean, it was really grassroots, you know. We were doing this together. And poor Brian, he about worked himself to death. But we, we, we turned the corner, you know. School's getting ready to start. And so we had the, had the children's wing ready to go. And, you know, that first Sunday we had our teachers lined up. And, man, it was just such an awesome Sunday. And so I'm thinking, okay, we've turned the corner. Well, then we go into, into October. And one particular Sunday in October, I won't mention which because you might remember this Sunday. Then again, it might be a good reason to mention it. But I, I prepared a message for that Sunday, and it was, it was called When We Gather. And what I wanted to do was talk about why it was important for us to come to church. You know, it, it, why is it important for us to, to be part of a community group? Why is it, it important for us to gather together? And the reason was, you know, as we see the things that's going on in the world, we need each other. We need to be able to rely on each other. And we need to be able to, to, to rely on that support that comes from our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I'm all fired up and I'm ready and I was leading worship that morning. And when worship was done... There were 30 people in the sanctuary. 30 people. That, that's less people that's in this room, by the way. And this whole section was empty. And I remember after that service, Shauna was nearly in tears because she was the only one that she moved over into this section so there would be somebody sitting here. What are we doing wrong? And so I, I, at that point, I, I, I just kind of threw my hands up like, God, what are you doing? Well, back in, in the summer, and I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Back in the summer, as part of our cleanup project, whenever we were doing the stuff in the, in the back of the room, Vern asked me if he could, if he could work on the, this office area. And by the way, it looks so much better than it did back then. But we're going through, and we threw away a bunch of stuff. Well, we came across this folder, and in the folder was this ad that, that appeared in the Brenham Press. And uh, it was this guy, Mark and Shelley Cowpersmith. They had come here back in the early 2000s. And so... Um, I saw this. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I took a picture of it, and I sent it to him. Hey, look what I found. Well, he sends me a message back. He said, let's do it again. Sends me his phone number. Call me. What do I want to call you? This guy lives in California. We can't afford to bring him to our church. I mean, how in the world, you know, this is crazy. So I just kind of blew it off like, ha, ha, ha. Then he, he keeps messaging me. And so I, I just figure, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to call him. And so he tells me, you know, long story short, he's going to be in Conroe. And, you know, he, he could work it out where he could come the weekend before and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm just thinking, like, well, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what, to, what to tell this guy. I mean, he, he writes books. He, he, he ministers all over the world. I mean, you know, what, what, what's he going to tell us? Well, we start messaging back and forth, and he's calling me, and we're talking, and, and so it's like, oh, okay, well, I, I, I think you need to come. And so he sends me one of his books, and I start reading his book. It's like, man, this, this, is, this is really good stuff. We've still got one in the, in the, in the foyer. It's called Reluctantly Supernatural. And, you know, and, and so he, he's, he's, he's kind of hounding me a little bit. 
And so it's like, okay, well, I, th- I think this is something God's doing. And okay, I, I don't know how we're going to afford it, but come on. Well, he shows up and, then he's, and he, he's been telling us, you know, we just want to minister to your church. We want to minister to your church. And so we pick him up at the airport and then we, we decided to have, have dinner. And we invited some of the leadership over. And for three hours... We, we, we had, had a meal, and we, and we started talking, and, and people just started talking about, you know, all their frustrations. You know, we've done all this stuff for the church this year, and it's just, it just feels like it's not going anywhere. And, and the more we talked, the more it seemed like, man, well, what, what's, what's God doing? What, what's God doing in all this? And finally, he said something, and I think... The folks of you that were, were there that night, you remember this. He just said, maybe God is getting ready to do something new here. And we all looked at each other. And in that moment, it was just, it, it, was, it was like fire just entered the room. I mean, we were, everybody was so excited and we started talking about dreams and we started talking about things that we wanted to see and all this kind of stuff. Well, those of you who were, who were here, you know that Sunday morning... Mark came and he, and he talked about taking risks. And he encouraged us to take risks and he prayed for people that, who wanted to take more risks. And then that Sunday night we experimented with, with prophecy and, and, and prophesying over each other. And we saw God do some amazing stuff in that weekend. Well... I think we're we're in this at this point that that God is, has brought us to 2020, and we're we're kind of at the at the jumping off place. And and it again it comes down to will we say yes? That's why I played the video in the beginning. Will we say yes to the Holy Spirit? So, what I want to just talk to you briefly, and then we'll be done is the year of saying yes to the Holy Spirit. I believe this year will be the year of saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Now, several, several years ago, I read a book. Maybe some of you have read it. It's called In His Steps. It was written by Charles Sheldon. It was written at the, in the late 1800s. And the premise of the book is, is that this man decided that he would, he would endeavor to do what Jesus did. Whatever, wherever he found him, himself, whatever he was doing, what would Jesus do in this situation? Well, those of you who may not never read the book, maybe you're familiar with the WWJD movement that went along in the, in the 90s. Maybe you still have a bracelet or a t-shirt. But the idea is to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do in my situation? What would Jesus do now? Well, the video said, what if you say yes to the Spirit? I think by asking God to lead us and putting ourselves in the position to take risks, we take what would Jesus do to a whole new level. How might God impact Brenham, Washington County, and the world we live in if we just say yes to the Holy Spirit? The preacher and evangelist D.L. Moody famously said, The world is yet to see what God will do with a man fully consecrated to him.
Well, I want to rephrase Moody's quote and, and, and say this. The world is yet to see how God will use anyone who says yes to the Holy Spirit. And I want 2020 to be the year that we find out what God can and wants to do with, through us. Now, after two years of being your pastor, I have to confess that I've learned a lot about myself. When I came here, I wanted to be a good, reliable leader. And, and that's kind of my, my thing. I, I'm, I'm the, the guy that you can rely on, you know. That Joel's going to show up when nobody else will, and I'll do what nobody else really wants to do because, you know, I'm, I'm the guy you can rely on. I'm the guy that you can depend on. I, I'll show up. I'll be here. I'll be consistent. Well, when we got here, our, our, our motivation was we wanted to be faithful with, with what we were, were given. Villard and Diane served here for, for so many years, and we wanted to be faithful with what they had given us. We wanted to be faithful with this church. We wanted to be faithful with, with leadership. We wanted to be faithful with, with the, the people that attend this church. But in many ways, I found myself leading from a place of fear and caution. Lavina mentioned this to me one time. She said, Joel, you're, you're playing it safe. And that was kind of my... My thing, because I, I, when you're steady, you, you do play it safe. You know, don't, you know don't, don't rock the boat. Everything's okay. You know. But I've come to realize that I didn't expect very much from anybody. I didn't expect anything from, from you as, as members. I didn't expect much from our, our leaders because I didn't want to be disappointed. And so I didn't really expect too much from myself. But then when I found myself getting frustrated, when I found myself getting frustrated with people, when I found myself getting frustrated with, with th things the way that they were going, I realized, and, I, and the Lord showed me, that the only one that really I needed to be frustrated with was myself. But in, in not expressing expectations, in not challenging and, and encouraging each of us, I haven't done anybody any favors either. And in some ways I think I, I might have made people more frustrated with me in return. So, I want to issue a challenge today. And this is going to be something I hope that will be consistent throughout the year. I want this to be, be something that drives us as a church in 2020. And it's, I want to focus on three areas of involvement in the life of our church throughout this year. Number one, I want everybody to join or participate in a community group or a small group this year. Everybody. 
And you may say, well, I, I, I work, it's, it's hard, I understand, it's hard. But small groups, community groups is where the magic happens. It's where we share life together and we grow in our relationships with God and with each other. And our groups, they're, they're beginning the week of January the 20th. And here's the thing. And, and I've, I've heard it since I've been here. Well, you, there's not any groups that appeal to me. There's nothing there that really, that, that, that really inspires me, okay? Well, if, if that's the case, then come and find out what you can do to lead a group that will be inspiring for you so that you can participate in the life of the body. This is going to be our focus this year, to be part of the body. And you can come on Sunday morning, and that's great that you have fellowship. But the real stuff, as I said, the magic that happens is whenever we, we get involved with each other outside of Sunday morning. So that's the first challenge that I want to give you is to participate in a, in a small group, a community group in 2020. The second thing is I want, to, I want everybody to serve in the ministry of the church. We're beginning uniquely you this week. So hopefully everyone will be able to find out what you're good at. That you'll find out how God has gifted you. That you, you can find out what, what, what's, what, what you're passionate about. But more than that, and, and, and I think we can do all this stuff, but until we are willing to ask God, how can I serve your body? You know, we can do all these, these assessments and everything until we're willing to, to allow him to lead us. Then it, it, it's, it's really for nothing. I want to briefly tell you this story. Steve Nicholson, he's the pastor of the Evanston Vineyard. He's one of the older guys in the vineyard. He was telling a story about how they, their church came to get a, a children's pastor. They decided that they weren't going to advertise. And they weren't going to try to beg somebody to, to fill the position. Because they, they had somebody and, and they're, they're doing the job but they really didn't like it. And so they, they couldn't find anybody to take their place. Nobody wanted to. So they made it a matter of prayer. We're just going to pray and then we're going to let... God reveal who that person is. God's big enough to do that, right? So that's what, that's what they did. They, and, and so he's going along, and he met this, this young lady, and she was an executive in this company that, I mean, dig this, she, was, she had a car take her to work, to and from work every day. They picked her up, and then she drove, or they, they drove her to, to work, and then they picked her up and they brought her home. She didn't have to drive her own car to and from work. So she is pretty important. Well, she comes to Steve one day at church and she said, you know, Steve, I had this, this dream that I was praying over children and that there were, there were black children and white children. There were children, Asian children, and there were, there were all these ethnicities and I'm praying over these children. And he said, well, you know, we're looking for a children's pastor. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you about filling that role. 
Well, she started praying and she comes back and she says, I I think I want to do it. And it was only a part-time position. She ended up quitting her job and took over as the the children's pastor at their church. And that position grew into a full-time job. And over 25 years, she led hundreds, possibly thousands of children to the Lord. And kids are in ministry today because this lady made a commitment to pray for the children who came through her children's ministry. That was something that God did. It wasn't something that Steve did. It wasn't that someone convinced her to serve. It was that God spoke to her and she followed the passion of her heart. So if you think we need a particular ministry, maybe that's God speaking to you to do it, to start it. And so as a, as, as a pastor, as, as, a, as a body, I want to see us grow into these things. And so in order to be part of it, you've got you've to be part of a ministry. So I want you to serve in a ministry. And we have plenty of places to plug you in, and I, hopefully we'll be growing and have more. The third thing that I want to encourage you is, is to be a, a joyful giver. Brad was talking about it a little bit this morning. And when we start talking about money, you know, the preacher's talking about money again. But I'm not talking about serving the church. I'm not talking... God will find a way to take care of what we need. But we have an opportunity to participate in what He's wanting to do. And the way we do that is through our giving. And I, I would be remiss in my, in, in, in my duties as a pastor to remind you that God will bless you when you give. And He blesses you in ways it, it, you may receive back financially. But there are other ways that God chooses to bless us that go far beyond the financial. And when you're giving, you're not giving to me. You're not giving to this church. You're, you're hopefully giving it to the Lord. And if you're allowing God to speak to you and direct you, God will use that. And then He'll show you how He wants to bless you and how He wants to use you even further. If you're struggling in the area of giving, start small. But learn to give generously. And that's what I want us to be this year, is joyful, generous givers. Like the old saying, you can't outgive God. But it's true. Well, I feel like if we do those, these three things, to participate in a small group, if we serve in a ministry in the church and we, we're joyful givers, that we're saying yes to the Spirit in 2020. And if we do that, I feel like it'll be unlike any year that we've ever had together before. Now, before we go, it's 12.04. If you, if you need, to, need to leave, I'll give you a chance to exit in just a second. But I want us to, I'd, I'd like for us to wait on the Spirit a few minutes before we go today. Can we do that? Holy Spirit, come. Have your way in this place. Lord, we thank you for what you've done 
already today. Thank you for the new members. We thank you, Lord, for the worship. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to take communion and remember you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come now. Speak to us. We want to hear from you. Touch us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, you can look at me. Did anyone feel like the Lord might have shown you something that you'd like to share? Okay, that's fine. Come here. Come, Holy Spirit. Brad? I just had a thought as we were sitting there. And it basically, the words, it's time to help each other. That's good. Anyone else? No. I've been feeling... Uh, <clears throat> Since this morning, since we were driving to church, I've been feeling like someone here is hurting mentally, and God, you just need to let God help you, and just let him in your life. He will help you. Okay. Thank you, Asher. in their eyes where it's been better and then it, it goes down again. Um, I know some of them have struggled with like blindness and I want us to have prayer again that that would improve continually. Okay. I don't, if you didn't hear, Regina said that she felt like there are some who need, who need prayer for your vision. You're having issues with your eyes. And the Lord wants to, to heal those of you that have, have those kinds of issues. Okay? And I felt like as, as I was preparing, and, and this, was, this was the thing that it was, it, it was really such a struggle. Because I kept thinking about 
And the idea is that when we see a, a flag that's at half-mast, we know what that, that means, that we're, that we're in mourning, that we've, we've experienced a loss and we're in mourning. And, and I, I feel like there are those of us here who are entering 2020 with the flag at half-mast. And it's hard to celebrate. It, it's hard to, to even, even think about the fact it's a new year because the last year was, was so difficult and so hard. The Lord wants to minister to you today. And maybe that, that, that might go in, in, in hand with what, what Asher said, that someone's here and you're, you're mentally hurting today. If that's the case, we want to pray. So we've get and I want to say one thing. Look at how many members we brought in today. And is that not an encouragement that God is working in this church? Yeah. Absolutely. We've never had that many at one time. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that that was pretty awesome. I, I was I I told my my coach about it and and it was we've actually had one come on. It was originally 8 and uh and he, he was saying that their church is, is twice our size, and they've never had more than maybe two or three at a time. So I, I, I think that's definitely something to celebrate. But I, I want us to, if, if is, just a show of hands, just real quick, and, I, and, and it's getting late. But if, if, if you would like prayer for something, maybe it was for something that Asher said, Maybe it was something that, that Regina said, that you need prayer for your eyes. I want to invite, if you'd, if you'd like to receive prayer, I want to invite you to come to the front. Is that, is that a little hard to do? How about if you just raise your hand and say, would you come to me? It, that'll be okay too. You can sit down here in front if you'd like. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to stand up. Okay. So just just so we're clear, if you're if you're here in the front, you're you're coming for prayer. So, Sean, do you want to? Do you need prayer too? Yes. Okay. Okay. Or anyone else? I, 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 this is an all skate, as far as I'm concerned. You can you can come and and, and participate. So, I know I'm showing my age, but I, I'm okay. Well, come on. Okay. Now, would you come and help me pray for these who've come forward? And 
And actually, would y'all come around in the front? I know it, 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 it might be a little awkward, but, but come around in front and, 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 and pray. And I, I'm going to say a, say a prayer of dismissal. If you, if you need to go, I'd encourage you to hang around if you can. But I want to thank you for being here today. And in the name of Jesus, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. May you experience his presence as you go throughout this, this coming week. And it's all in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.